Welcome to Prostate Cancer and You, a podcast produced by the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition and the mission to educate, connect, and support men at risk, newly diagnosed individuals, survivors, and their families. It also connects organizations and professionals in Massachusetts seeking to conquer and cure prostate cancer. Hello, I'm Jordan Rich, and coming up on Friday, May 10th at the Newton Marriott Hotel from 7.30 a.m. to 2 p.m., it's the 2019 annual Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Symposium, leading prostate cancer specialists, providing up-to-date information on the very latest in prostate cancer treatment and research in user-friendly language. Now, you can find out more and register at the website masspcc.org. One of the many outstanding speakers at the symposium will be Dr. Kwok Trin, co-director of the Dana-Farber Brigham and Women's Prostate Cancer Program. His topic at the symposium is entitled Racial Variations in Prostate Cancer Care, Differences or Disparities. So how about a preview on your talk, Dr. Trin? My research focuses a lot on racial inequity and, you know, specifically prostate cancer because that's what I take care of clinically. Um, but I do, you know, I'm interested in all forms of inequity in, 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 uh, in cancer care. So the focus of uh, my presentation is really on this concept that uh, there's clear data that African-Americans have worse mortality for prostate cancer. There's not much controversy about that. The controversy is more about what is the root cause of this difference. You know, some people will argue that it's more about biology. Uh, We do know that African-Americans are more likely to develop prostate cancer. Then there's the whole thought that they also have more aggressive prostate cancer and therefore they're more likely to die of prostate cancer. And I think there's some evidence to support that. But I do think that a large piece of the puzzle, as many things in U.S. society these days, is uh, inequity in access to care, access to quality care, getting the right treatments when you're supposed to get those treatments. So what I want to present and that I'll be presenting is really some data to suggest that that's the case. And, you know, like most things in life, it's not black or white. It's probably a little bit of both. Uh, But I think that the pendulum is too much swung on the side of the biology issues. People are much more interested to talk about biology, Mm. think that we can find some sort of secret recipe or formula to address this. When in reality, the not as cool and not as interesting thing is just the fact that African-Americans are not getting the same level of care. And obviously, if you're not getting the same level of care, you're not going to get the same outcome. And even when patients are getting the care, is there any evidence to suggest that, say, watch and wait is, is differently applied to African-American patients in some cases than, uh, than Caucasians? Uh, yeah, definitely. The the differences you can see them at every single level of the spectrum, from the from the surveillance patterns of care down to the use of palliative care when the cancer is too aggra- you know, has progressed beyond cure. So to answer your question about active surveillance, there's an interesting study, if I remember correctly, from Minnesota that showed that when African American men have decided they're going on surveillance their uh, patterns of surveillance are not as stringent as uh, Caucasian patients. Uh, what I mean by that is that if you decide to do active surveillance where we're monitoring your prostate cancer, we decide not to treat, but we're going to treat it when it's necessary. So to, to be able to do that, you need to follow the patient and get some PSA tests, repeat physical exams, get some imaging, get repeat biopsies. And it seems that African-American patients who are on surveillance are more loosely followed uh, than white patients. And again, you know, not, not right. the goal here is not to lay the blame on someone. You know, is it the, the patient? Is it uh, the provider? Is it both? Uh, but there's definitely differences mm. in that regard. And that's a big problem.
Well, doctor, is there any evidence that African-American men in general are not addressing their prostate health or their health in general as seriously as other members of the population? We think it was true uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. There's uh, there's pretty compelling data that African-American men were less likely to get uh, their PSA checked back then. But it seems that maybe because of a lot of awareness campaigns and a lot of, uh, you know, talk about African-American and having worse prostate cancer, that trend seems to be reversing, Where whereas these days African-American men are slightly more likely to get PSA testing than white men. However, there is a problem is that when you get a PSA test in 2019, it should be in the context of shared decision-making because, as you know, there's a lot of controversy about PSA screening because there's a lot of concerns about over-diagnosis and over-treatment, and you're supposed to present the pros and the cons of doing PSA testing to any patient that you plan to do that. And uh, it seems from uh, recent data that African-American, yes, are more likely to get a PSA test, but less likely to have engaged in a conversation about what's the benefit of doing this test. So, Dr. Tran, what is the responsibility of physicians in general, knowing this problem exists and you're going to lay it out at the symposium, what, what should physicians be thinking about when they're dealing with African-American men? There are, there are a couple of things, right? But I think that to be aware of the situation, to be aware that for whatever reason, African-American men are less likely to get treated when they do need treatment because, you know, we just talked about the fact that some patients don't need to be treated, but when they need to be treated, when they have aggressive prostate cancer, it seems that there's a trend that they're less likely to be treated. And to be aware of this difference is is already part of the, the, the you know, making things better. I think a lot of, I don't know how, you know, I think that physicians need to be aware of these differences and, and when, when they see an African-American patient and they're aware that there's a higher risk of mortality. But I think a lot of it also hinges on hospitals and policymakers making meaningful changes to address these issues. You know, one thing that has often been said is that certain hospitals will treat African-American men much more equally than other hospitals. Maybe we need to reward these hospitals. Maybe we need to make sure that all hospitals provide equal care and make sure that hospital administrators are monitoring the situation and implement things that will make a difference uh, in that regard, Mm. whether it is patient navigators, uh, whether it is uh, making sure you know, that the information is, uh, you know, provided to everybody in the patient's family, you know, that, mm-hmm. that there are many things that can be done to improve the situation. And I think that if this is uh, implemented at the, at the government level, or either the hospital level, or at the practice level, I think that, that it would probably make a difference. So what can the patients do? And, and for those listening to this podcast, for those who will be at the symposium, and for those who are concerned, uh, these are African-American males and their families, what role should they play in their care? This is not just for African-American men. This is for all men, right, who have prostate cancer. They need to know, they need to be educated about what options they have, what is the appropriate care in their situation, and, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it may be overwhelming to absorb all this information alone, but having family, people who have gone through the process to accompany them through the diagnosis and treatment of prostate cancer, I think those things are important. I think that, unfortunately, due to a, diff, a bunch of different reasons, different barriers, either time or, or resources, patients may not fully understand what their options are and why things need to be done in this specific circumstance. And that if they come in prepared, they come in with more information, it's going to help them get the right care and the care that they deserve 
you know, to get the optimal outcome from, unfortunately, this diagnosis. What we've talked about is this issue, this problem. Can I address with you the question of biology and if there are any factors that indicate why African-Americans are more likely to get prostate cancer and more likely to die of it? Do we have any more research coming out that suggests what's going on here? Um, so, you know, there's definitely some research. You know, obviously, it's not my focus of research, but I could definitely talk to you about it. And I think one interesting point I do want to make is if you look at all uh, cancers and you look at the difference in mortality between African-American and, and white patients, what we come to realize is that the biggest differences you see are often uh, d- described in prostate and breast cancer. And in breast cancer, there's a really good biological explanation. Certain receptors in African-American women are not expressed, and for that reason, they don't necessarily respond as well to treatment. So to see a 40% or a 30% difference in mortality could be at least explained partly by that pretty significant difference. In the world of prostate cancer, we don't have that kind of clear explanation. There's definitely a lot of really important studies that have been done that show that there's certain genetic predisposition genes like this and that gene may be different, but these genes can barely account for, you know, 1% here, 3% there, 4% there. The differences between African-American and white uh, uh, men with prostate cancer. So there's definitely some biology, some pretty seminal, important studies that have been done, but no study that has shown some really flagrant explanation as to why there's mm. such a big difference. Let's discuss for a moment how important it is for men to come forward and talk about their prostate cancer. And men like the late TV journalist Charles Austin, for whom an award is named, how critical is it for men to speak up and to share their stories? I think it's extremely important. I think that, especially for men, you know, and again, you don't want to stereotype, right? You know, uh, not everybody is the same, but it's a difficult diagnosis to deal with because it's not just that it's cancer. It's also a cancer that is known that if you get it treated, will have some side effects that will affect, you know, your your sex life and affect your urinary habits. And and for that reason, a a lot of men don't want to speak out or don't like to talk about this particular diagnosis because it comes with all these other innuendos, if you want. But I think that having had, you know, pretty significant people come out and talk about their prostate cancer diagnosis and what they have gone through has, has influenced a lot of men to have their prostate checked or to get treated when they need to be treated. And uh, I hear that all the time in my clinical practice, that some men are really, really concerned about getting treatment, but once they actually opened up about it, talked to, it, uh, to other people at church or in their family, they were much more comfortable with the idea that they, they should and needed to be treated for their prostate cancer. And, and again, reminding everyone that, yes, prostate cancer, a lot of people die with the disease rather than from the disease, but it's still one of the main causes of cancer mortality among men, just because so many men get it, and eventually, unfortunately, some men will die from it. Getting the message out is what this podcast is all about, and the symposium will be a perfect opportunity for people to meet you, hear from you, and many other experts and people caring about this issue. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Thank you. We so appreciate chatting with Dr. Kwok Trin co-director of the Dana-Farber Brigham and Women's Prostate Cancer Program. He'll be speaking at the 2019 Annual Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Symposium Friday, May 10th at the Newton Marriott Hotel from 7.30 to 2 p.m. The complete lineup and registration information is found at the website masspcc.org. 
We invite you to stay tuned to future podcasts featuring valuable information and resources, the latest in research and treatment, and stories of real people who have challenged prostate cancer and won. To learn more about the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition and to hear the Prostate Cancer and You podcast, again, go to masspcc.org. That's masspcc.org. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and with all Android players. I'm Jordan Rich, wishing you a fabulous day.